Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Across the Pond MLB Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond MLB Podcast, Tyler Small. Hello and welcome back to Across the Pond Sports Podcast MLB Show. I'm your host, Tyler Small, and ahead of us we have another great episode, week number three since I've taken over and it's been a blast so far. So we're going to do our usual start for today. We're going to go around the diamond quickly just to give you guys a quick summary of what's happened over the past week. Then I'm going to welcome on a special guest, Danny Cipolla, who hops on to talk about the Yankees' unexpected start to the season, unexpected to say the least. Her and I, two Yankees fans, will definitely get into it a little bit later. And we'll talk about afterwards just the MLB and what's been going on league-wide and any storylines or updates that you should know. But before I get to that great interview with Danny Dugouts, let's go around the diamond. Timer is on. Let's do it. The New York Mets improved to 43-37 after going 3-4 over their last seven. 2-1 versus the New York Yankees. 1-2 versus the Atlanta Braves. Dom Smith, a 417 average, two doubles, and three homers on the week. Guillaume, a 375 average. Nimmo, McCann, Peraza, McNeil all hit over 300. The team had a 6.79 ERA pitching, so even though this is a team usually has pitching first, hitting second, they flipped the roles there. And Jacob DeGrom, watch, he's up now to a 0.95 ERA in 85 innings pitched after giving up three earned runs in seven innings, but that one could have been worse, three earned runs in the first inning, none to follow. The Atlanta Braves move up to second place after a 4-2 and two week. They go 2-1 and one over Miami and 2-1 and one over the Mets. Freddie Freeman heating up, 455 average, a one dotter in the OPS. Ozzie Albies leads the league in RBIs with 13 on the week, a 400 average, three homers. Adrianza, 333, one triple, one homer week. Drew Smiley, 5.2 shutouts, seven strikeouts to two walks. And Martin had three scoreless appearances from the bullpen. The Nationals fall down to third place after only going three and four. Now they're 40 and 42, two games behind 500. They got swept in four games by the Dodgers. They go 2 0 against the Rays and 1 0 against the Mets to make up a rain delay. Turner with a 538 average. He hits for the cycle. Now he has an MLB record third time hitting for the cycle, tied with only three others in the history of this great sport. But unfortunately, Turner and Schwarber get hurt in the midst of this week after they were practically carrying this offense. Starling Castro picking up some of the slack, a 476 average, two doubles and a homer. Espino had three earned runs in two starts, 11 and two-thirds innings pitch combined. And Scherzer had a one-earned run in six innings pitched. He is still having a phenomenal year. The Phillies now down in fourth place. They have a three-and-three three week over their last six. Just once again, medi- mediocrity where it's just in terms of win-loss. I mean, they go 2-1 and one against the Padres, but then they split one against the Marlins and then finish off a less-than-ideal series against the Reds. 
Miller had a 333 average. Didi Gregorius, one double and a home run in his first two games back. Harper, three homers, five RBIs. Zach Wheeler continuing his impressive start to the season at the midway point, I should say. 7.2 scoreless this week, four hits to nine strikeouts. He leads the league in 114 innings pitched and 139 strikeouts. Shows how consistent day in, day out he's been getting, but also how he can fan him. And the bullpen still the woes for the Phillies. Suarez, one of two in save opportunities. Alvarado was one for one, but he gave up five earned runs. And Feliz, 0 for one. Nobody seems to want the closer role after Hector Neris lost it. And then lastly, we go to the Marlins, 35 and 47. Two and three over the last five. They go one and two against the Braves. Split of two games set against the Phillies. Cooper with a 1.255 OPS. Adam Duvall, a 4.38 average, a double, three homers, seven RBIs. Aguiar, 3.75 average, a homer. Alcantara went six innings pitched, scoreless, five hits. And Blair had three scoreless appearances coming out of the pen. Now we go to the Central. The Brewers up to 51 wins. They go 6-1 and one over their past seven, a team that just keeps on winning. 3-1 over the... Pirates and they swept the Cubs. That was the big one, and we'll talk about the Cubs when we get to them. Peterson, a 435 average. He had three doubles, a triple, a homer, 10 RBIs, five walks, and a strikeout. Great to hear Jace Peterson's name again. Garcia has a 421 average, two doubles, a homer, eight RBIs. Willie Adamas continues to hit a 346 average, eight RBIs. He played 41 games this season with Tampa Bay now after getting traded. He had a 197 average there. Now he has 41 games with the Brewers, 293, a 100-point difference getting out of Tampa. Burns goes 7.11 earned. Hauser goes 6.21 earned. Lower goes 6.11 earned. And Woodruff, six innings pitch, one earned. This team just has top-to-bottom pitching, and they got two of the best to do it in the back of the bullpen. The Reds move up to second place. One, the only other switch in standings that we have, and they're both pretty significant. The Reds now 43 and 45 and two over their last seven. They also sweep the Cubs. The Cubs have a gauntlet of a schedule, but they lose all of them. They also went one and two against the Padres. The Reds did, and they finished off the one and zero against the Phillies, like I mentioned. Joey Votto hits 400 over with three doubles and three homers, gets into a thousand career RBIs. Just such a fun player to root for. Stevenson hits for a 313 average. Castellanos, two homers, 10 RBIs on eight hits. Sonny Gray starting to turn it around now for the pitching staff. Five innings pitch, one earned. And Wade Miley, five innings pitch, one earned as well. If their pitching can turn it around, this has been a team led by offense so far. Watch out. And when we say watch out, we talk about the Cubs. 42-42 and 42 now. They go to 500 after going 0-6 over the week. They get swept by Cincinnati. They get swept by the Brewers, both not only in division guys, but also the two teams that you're fighting for at the top with now the Cardinals really falling out of it. And it's been really interesting because since that Dodgers no hitter, they are 0-9 being outscored 55-22, to where on the other hand, the Dodgers are 9-0 over that span going 51-19 and in run differential. Chris Bryant continues to have an MVP caliber season, a 375 average, one homer. Wilson Contreras, a 400 batting average, two doubles, eight walks. Eric Sogard, a 357 average. And Azalea, the only pitcher to go six innings pitched or over, but he gets the loss, so the pitching staff being the biggest problem. The Cardinals continue to plummet. They go one game over 500, but they need to start winning in bunches before the All-Star break. They go four and three over their last seven, one and three versus Colorado, but they do sweep the Diamondbacks, which everyone seems to do. Sorry, Arizona. Tyler O'Neill, a 444 average, four doubles. Tommy Edmond, the young guys in the outfield getting it done, 360 average, two doubles, a triple. Paul Goldschmidt, two doubles, a home run. Yadier Molina, a double and a homer. Wade LeBlanc, one earned run in two starts, 10 innings pitched. Martinez, one earned run in two starts, 9.1. The only two pitchers that they had that actually went around after getting their fifth day off, they come around and shove for the second time. And Reyes, two for two in his save opportunities. And then in last place, the Pirates, one and six over their last seven. Good, that's what you're supposed to do. One and three versus Milwaukee, 0 and three versus Colorado. Their top hitter was Stallings with a 235 average. Gamble and Reynolds had two home runs each, and Anderson two earned runs in two starts. Then we go out west. The Giants 53 and 30. They still remain in first place after a three and three week. They go three and one over Arizona in a four game set, but they get it swept in two games to the Dodgers. Austin Slater a 375 average, two homers. Brandon Crawford 400 average, a double, triple, and a homer. 
Tyro Estrada, five RBIs in a game with a granny. A 3.57 team ERA, mostly from their pitching staff, and it's just consistency top to bottom. But don't look behind. There's half a game out of first place now as of Monday when I record this are the L.A. Dodgers, 6-0 in their last six, four-game sweep in Washington, 2-0 over the Giants, as I just mentioned. Justin Turner, a 3.53 average, a home run. Gavin Lux, a 3.33 average, two doubles. Albert Pujols, a 333 average, four RBIs. Max Muncy goes yard three times and has 11 ribbies. Walker Bueller, 6.2 scoreless. He is really starting to get into form now. And Kenley Jansen, somebody that's had a lot of turmoil over the past couple of years. Three for three in saves, zero earned runs in four appearances over the week. Only a couple of games back, but it seems like it's a two-team race to finish the first half of the year are the San Diego Padres. Three and three over their last six. They go one and two against Philadelphia, two and one versus the Reds. Manny Machado at 316 average, three homers, eight RBIs. Don't forget about him, one of the best third basemen in the game. Jerkson Profar, a 563 average in six games, four doubles. Fernando Tatis, a 409 average, three doubles, a homer. Eric Hosmer, a 333 average. And Drew Pomeranz, three scoreless appearances as the main setup guy in the back end of that bullpen. Then we go to the Colorado Rockies. They're playing some good ball right now. They are only nine games behind 500, six and one over their last seven. Three and one versus the Cardinals, three and zero versus Pittsburgh this last week. Diaz with a 450 average, two doubles, four homers, seven RBIs. Hampson with a 409 average, three doubles. Freeland and Marquez, they go 333 at the plate, two hits each for the pitchers. And they also pitched well at the same time. In two starts, Kyle Freeland, zero earned runs in 11 innings pitched. Marquez, two earned runs in 15 innings pitched. He went with, almost got another no-hitter for the season. Instead, he gets the Maddox, where he just gives up the one hit, but still faces the minimum across nine innings. Took it into the ninth. What an appearance for him. Bard goes two for two in saves, and two of the three wins were by one run, and one of them included a walk-off. So it was a fun week to be a Rockies fan. The Diamondbacks, 23-63, and 63, worst record in baseball, 1-6 over their last seven, 1-3 versus the Giants, 0-3 versus the Cardinals. Cabrera with a 450 average, three doubles, four RBIs. Van Meter had a 308 average with two doubles, and Smith had two home runs over the week. So we're going to keep rolling when we go around the diamond now. Nobody coming to talk in between. We're just going to welcome on Danny, and she's going to take over the Yankees. But first, let's see what happened to them and the other 14 teams on the American League side. We start with their nemesis, the Red Sox, 53-32, and tied for the best record in baseball with the Giants, 6-1 and over their last seven. Four-game sweep against the Royals, 2-1 and versus Oakland, in which was a fun weekend series. Bobby Dahlback at 385 average, a home run. Kike Hernandez, a 1.2 OPS with three homers. JD Martinez, two home runs. Devers had one. Nathan Ovaldi goes seven scoreless. And Matt Barnes, five appearances, four saves for three, excuse me, three saves and four save opportunities. One home run for the only loss, but he was a workhorse for them this week. Tampa Bay Rays still behind. Only four back in the loss column, one and four of their last six. This could have been a huge stepping stone, but instead the Red Sox just get some separation. One and two versus Toronto, 0 oh and three versus Washington. Wander Franco has gets the back going once again after his debut, 333 average, one double, a home run over the week. Austin Meadows had four doubles. Mike Zanino with two home runs. He now sits with a 51.4% of his hits are home runs. That's best in the major leagues, and it's not even close. He's having an unreal season. The only problem for the Rays, however, though, is 7.66 ERA for the team this week. Worst in the majors. And the best performance of it all, you guys got to look it up on YouTube. Brett Phillips, a fun character in the outfield for this team, who is a very solid center field option. He goes one inning pitch, two hits, one earned, two walks, one balk, one 94-mile-an-hour pitch. The rest of them were 40 miles an hour. Now we go to the third-place Blue Jays, 43-39 and 39 on the season. They go 3-3 three and three in their last six, 2-1 against the Rays, 1-2 versus Seattle. Bo Bichette, a 400 batting average, one home run. Marcus Simeon, 346 average, three homers, nine RBIs. Lourdes Gurliel, two doubles, one home run. George Springer, one dot OPS as he's starting to get the bat going. Alec Manoa, seven shutout. And Sacedo goes four scoreless appearances from the bullpen. 
Then we go over to the New York Yankees, two and four over their last six. They go one and two against the Mets in the Subway Series, and then one and two against the Angels. Gio Urshela, 375 average, two homers, six RBIs. Aaron Judge, a 278 average, one double, two home runs. Everyone else had a 250 average or below, 18th worst OPS in baseball. Nestor Cortez, three appearances, one earned run, where he had a bulk appearance, a closer appearance, and a mid-relief appearance. He just continues to do it all. And same with him, Chad Green, a better, more polished version of what Cortez did. He goes three appearances, one earned run, and 5.2. Finished the Mets win with three scoreless, and he especially had the immaculate inning in the ninth to sit them down on nine pitches. Then lastly, we go to the Orioles, 3-3 three and three over their last six. They get swept by the Angels, but they sweep the Astros. Cedric Mullins, my opinion, the biggest snub for the All-Star game, a 400 batting average, a double, two home runs just over the past week. He's been unbelievable this season. Urias, a 364 average, two doubles, a home run. Hayes, a 360 average, a double, two home runs, seven ribbies. Ryan Mountcastle had five RBIs, but the pitching staff, and this has been something that they've been doing all year and something that we see in the minors as well. The pitchers just giving them no length, instead doing a piggyback front-to-back as opposed to the traditional opener that has been coming of late. Longest appearance by a starter was 4.2 innings pitched all week, and Tanner Scott had four appearances, scoreless 4.1 innings pitched. One of them was a start. So it's an interesting little formula that we see from the Orioles. We'll see what happens with it, but for now, it's just about getting them innings. Then we go over to the White Sox in the Central. They're still in first place, 49 wins, 34 losses, 4-2 and two over their last six. 1-2 versus the Tigers, but they sweep the Twins. Jose Abreu, last year's MVP, a 348 average, two homers, eight RBIs. Vaughn, a 455 average, one double, two homers, five RBIs. Yohan Moncada, a 429 average. Jake Berger, 364 average in three games after being called up for your mean Mercedes, who got sent down to AAA. Garcia, 364 average, a homer, six RBIs. Burr, Hure, and Ruiz all posted three scoreless appearances, and Lance Lynn, six innings pitched, one earned run. Right behind him, but starting to fall quick, are the Indians. They go one and six over their last seven. They had a four-game sweep against the Astros in one and two versus the Tigers. Jose Ramirez, a 4.17 average, two doubles, two homers, six RBIs. Chang with a 3.33 average alongside Reyes, who just got back off the IL. Cesar Hernandez, a 296 average, two doubles, three homers, a little power from the top of the order, a 5.76 team ERA was their demise this series. However, they're struggling to find anything ever the loss of Shane Bieber. And Maton, four scoreless appearances from the bullpen. And then we go down to the Tigers, 38 and 46. They passed the Royals for one of our three switches. Four and two over their last six, two and one over the White Sox, two and one over the Indians. Hase, a 5.45 average, one double, three homers, eight RBIs. Jonathan Scope, 4.17 average, two doubles, one home run, eight RBIs. Miguel Cabrera finally starting to heat it up, 3.48 average, one double, two homers. Akil Badu, a 3.18 average. Candelario, a 3.04 average. They both had two doubles each. Peralta went five scoreless in his start, and Funkhauser, 4.1 scoreless in three appearances. Then we go to the fourth place, Royals 35 and 48. They have two of five week over their last seven. Two and one versus the Twins and a four game swept to the Red Sox. Whit Merrifield at 346 average, two doubles, two homers. Hunter Dozier, 324 average, four doubles. Salvador Perez, a 310 average with a double and a homer. He's going to be in the home run derby, trying to get a little bit more of a payday after getting a solid contract extension. And several relievers see action in all three games. All of them allow runs. The bullpen was the reason for their five losses. Then in last place, still the Minnesota Twins, 1-5 and five over their last six. 1-2 versus the Royals. 0-3 oh, versus the White Sox. Celestino, 600 average, two doubles, one home run. Nelson Cruz, a 389 average, two doubles, a home run. Larnick, a 333 average, two doubles, a home run. Donaldson, two home runs, four RBIs. That's something we'll talk about afterwards. And a 7.2 team ERA, second worst in baseball this year. Then we finish it up in the West with the Astros. They continue to be the standard of baseball despite the Red Sox getting all the attention. I think the Astros may be a better team so far. 4-3 and three over their last seven. They have a four-game sweep against Cleveland, but they get swept by the Orioles. McCormick, a 364 average, a double, a home run, five RBIs. Jose Alvarez, a 267 average, a home run. Altuve, a home run, and six RBIs. 
but the starters struggled. If it wasn't for Presley going two for two in the bullpen and Riley one for one, this could be a much different week for them as they got no production from their starting hurlers. Still creeping behind, trying to stay within striking distance is the Athletics, but a two and four week over their last six won't help that cause. They go one and two against Boston, one and two against Texas. Jed Lowry, a 300 average, two homers, three RBIs. Sean Murphy, 313 average coming from the catching position. Mitch Moreland, 300 average, a double and a homer. Chris Bassett went seven innings, zero earned on three hits. Swervin Irvin, two earned runs and seven innings pitched. Frankie Montes, two earned runs and 5.2 innings pitched. And Sergio Romo, zero earned runs in four appearances. The Mariners continue to be a fun team. They're still in third place after a 4-2 week. They go 3-1 versus the Rangers, 1-1 versus Toronto. Chris Fraley, a 375 average, two home runs, walk-off base hit. Excuse me, that's Jake Fraley. J.P. Crawford, a 370 average, three doubles. Ty France, a 348 average, two doubles, a home run. Long Jr., Seager, Torrens all hit two home runs each. Kikuchi goes seven innings pitched, one earned run. And Graveman and Seawald, three scoreless appearances. Let me go to the Angels. Just a game over 500, but they had themselves a heck of a week to get over 500. Five and one in their last six. They have a three-game sweep against the Orioles, and they go two and one in New York against the Yankees. Shohei Otani, the most this week of anyone. He takes the league lead back. Six home runs, a 286 average, eight RBIs. Didn't have as good of a pitching performance, but still is unbelievable every single day. Jose Iglesias, two home runs, a 409 average. Jared Walsh, two home runs in the same game in a crazy game against the Yankees. Game tying grand slam in the ninth off Chapman. Just for a little bit of context for Chapman, first game giving up a grand slam in his career and the first lefty home run since 2017. Anthony Rendon also had a good week, a 350 average, three doubles, one home run. And Ramiel Iglesias, five appearances, three saves, one earned run, and 5.2 innings pitched. Ciszek, zero earned runs and four appearances. And Cobb, 7.2 innings pitched, one earned run. Great week for the Angels. Then last but kind of least are the Texas Rangers, 33-51, and 3-3 over their last six. 1-2 versus the Mariners, 2-1 versus the Oakland Athletics. Joey Gallo, 353 average, four homers, six RBIs. Lowe goes two home runs with 308 average. Evan White, a 250 average, one double, one home run. And Kyle Gibson, a 5.2 innings pitch, one earned performance. He continues to dominate after a stinker to start the season. He's got the lowest ERA in the American League, second lowest in all of baseball with a 1.98. You've been listening to Across the Pond MLB Podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. Now on, we are going to be welcoming welcoming on Danny's Dugouts. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. And instead of, you know, talking about the league and talking about everything going on in the world of baseball, I think... Both Danny and I, two Yankee fans here, are going to use this as a little bit of a therapy session here to talk about the atrocity that the Yankees have been so far. I'm going <laughs> to cry. Well, first, thank you for having me on. But yeah, now I'm going to cry. Yeah, like, right. I I, my heart is breaking. Like, I just don't know what to do anymore. I, I keep watching these games. and I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why, why do I continue to allow this to destroy me like it does? oh it's 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 overwhelming they don't deserve to be talked about as much as they're about to be so let's talk about you for a second Danny Sabala 72,000 followers on Instagram I mean just doing a damn thing it's awesome to see um talk a little bit about yourself and let the fans know who you are if they don't know you already well, I am a psychotic Yankee fan. Um, I have been ever since I was a little girl. Uh, my grandfather is the reason for that. Uh, I remember watching him watch baseball games and yelling at the TV. And I'm like, Grandpa, they can't hear you. Why are you yelling at the TV? And he's just like, come here, sit down for a second. Whatever you tell this television, whatever you yell at this television during a sporting event, they can hear you. And I was like five. It works. So I went with it. You were so right. I just started yelling at the TV with my grandfather. And now I'm worse than him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I bar- speak words, Danny. I bartend. Mm-hmm. And if the game's on while bartending, 
I tend to have like a bunch of people come to the bar during Yankee games just to watch me yell at the television. They're like, this is just the, the food and entertainment at the same time. I'm like, I got you, no problem. Why the hell is this happening? So um, I'm just a crazy Yankee fan. I'm a born, bred New Yorker, uh, recently moved out, but I am still a New Yorker and through. And that is also why I'm a psychotic Yankee fan because well, I had no choice. Um, and uh, I, the reason for these 72,000 followers is not just because of baseball. I used to be a fashion model in New York City. So um, my career started off like that. And then a lot of shady things went down in the industry. And you know, you take the, the right pivotal career choice move. You go and talk about sports. So that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a great job of it. That's great. I like, I especially like now going back to the bartender. You were telling me before, I don't know if you want to dive into this first day yeah. back after two weeks, 4th of July, oh. I could only imagine what that was like. I wanted it to die. And then it was super <laughs> hot. And like, we, there was not a moment to breathe. So I hadn't had water since like I walked in the door. I had this one of a bartending partner <laughs> who was just, just like, can you do the A, B and C? And I'm like, five credit cards in my hand looking at her I'm like do you not see that I'm running half the bar while you're running a quarter of the bar so why don't you just shove it up? I'm like I've been gone for two freaking weeks when you got back after your pregnancy you sucked too nice try like like my brain is dead it's fourth of July I woke up at six o'clock this morning I have three jobs so on top of my podcast, I have three other jobs. I worked right. two jobs the night before. I worked two jobs prior to that. And then I went and met my boyfriend's family for the first time. So I was like, look, I, I'm tired, <laughs> exhausted, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like I'm doing the best I can. And I think I'm killing it because I ended up actually making the most amount of tips that night. So I was like, mm, yeah, it's fine. There we go. So bartending is quite the experience. And my favorite thing is when it's not insane like that, but it's like a nice rush where you can still banter with people and yell and scream at the TVs about sports. Those are my, those are my favorite nights. Like screw, screw your drink for five seconds. Did you just see this asshole yeah. decided that that was a freaking strike when it was all the way on the other side of the plate? <sighs> <laughs> well, I know there's going to be a lot of fans after this that are going to be going to the bar that you're at if they're in the area. That sounds like a treat. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm 100% crazy. I, I, when I met my uh, boyfriend's family yesterday, I literally was just like, they were, they were like, oh, I heard you're a Yankee fan. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm a psychotic person. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> Yankee fan right? does not cover how crazy I am when it comes to them. So like, I am crazy and I'm weird. And I'm so sorry that you now have to deal with this in your family. <laughs> 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 well, speaking of crazy, Yankees coming into the season were supposed to be one of the American League favorites, obviously. They yeah. had high expectations, and how could you not with the roster compiled as they were? After this past week, as I just went over a couple minutes ago, two of their last four, they go two and four of their last six, I should say, two of their last seven, if you can include that Red Sox sweep, which was supposed to be, you know, the pivotal start of the season. It's a loaded question, but I'm just going to go right for it. What has been the problem with the Yankees? What do you think is the number one contributor to their lack of success? I think they're not being managed correctly, 1,000%. Um, I don't want to put it completely on Boone because I think Boone is also a yes man. So I think Boone is just taking shots from like taking calls from other people because he doesn't know what he's doing. He never has since the moment that he's got there. Like he's never been manager material, not once. And I said that this was like the last year, like they shouldn't have, uh, 2019 Yankees was a special fucking treat. And he did a really good job with that team. I will give him credit on that, but I don't know how you go from that to this. But the funniest part was he had a better time managing a triple A team. And every single time the stars came out and weren't injured or playing, he was terrible. Like he doesn't know how to manage the power that he has on that team. And that's not a good manager in general. So um, I think that is a problem. I think Cashman is a problem. I think Hal is a huge problem. I don't think Hal knows what he's doing. The funniest part is Hal was the least 
of all three of the siblings that like like he didn't like baseball like that was like no. his least favorite he's, thing. he's publicly come out and said that yeah yeah baseball so he doesn't know what he's doing he's just managing what his father has left behind what his brother has left behind so like because hank was helping his father manage that team mm -hmm. when his father was passing away that that 2009 is also hank and those probably a, a couple of those late 90s is also hank so this whole Hal experience is terrifying. I think it has, it, it definitely goes Hal and then it goes Cashman and then, it, you know, right down to Boone. The three of them need to go. And I don't know who's going to take care of it. Honestly, I, I think the sister has a better shot taking care of the freaking team than Hal does, but that's not my choice. So, but I, I think this all stems from the front office, how they're managing this team. This team has so much potential, but uh, and it even seems like they're getting upset with the way that Boone is managing them as well. Because I remember reading an article that uh, Judge called a meeting with all of the players because yeah. like something needs to change, which is really funny because Judge, from my personal intel on the team, Judge is not a leader at all. He never was. The two leaders of that clubhouse was Austin Romine and CC Sabathia. Not even Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner was just the jokester. So we lost those two leaders of the clubhouse. And ever since then, you could see the team tank. I'm glad you brought up Austin Romine, actually. Everyone knows CC Sabathia because he's such a big character. If you don't know him, you mm -hmm. should know him. He's a phenomenal baseball story. But Austin Romine, when he was dealt to become a starting catcher and sent to Detroit, I was one of the biggest advocates. I remember saying that he was such a big factor for this team. He was such a backbone for this team because you have Gary Sanchez. He's going to be the future. Who knows what you're going to get with the bat, obviously. But you get, you lose that. That's a huge piece. Nobody knows what type of role a catcher is in a, an organization, especially somebody that was yeah. homegrown like him. So yeah. that's a really good point. I think that you bring it up, but it is, you're right. It is a front office problem. And I think Boone's going to be the scapegoat and I don't think yeah. he's making any of the decisions on his own. You, you hit the head on the nail. He's a yes man. It's the, and I believe fully in analytics, but I don't believe the Yankees know what analytics is. And they just follow the numbers. They follow the rest. They don't believe in actual, they fall too much into it. And it's the reason for their problems. They try to replicate what the Rays do, even though. I think analytics is destroying. Personally, I think analytics is destroying baseball. I think that people are just like, oh, ones and zeros. And I'm like, it's a human being. We aren't machines. Like you have to understand that these guys now that they're watching themselves fucking tank, but your numbers are telling you differently due to the fact that normally they play super well, but guess what? Their mentality is not there anymore. So they are not the same player as those numbers are going to tell you that they are. And that's what bothers me about it is like, it's taking this whole human aspect of the game out because it is such a mental game it is probably just it's like chess mm. super mental and if you are not here you're fucked your entire mm -hmm. situation is fucked so i i really think that analytics is ruining the game and especially if you're going to run this team in, in an analytical way because new york is a different breed like you could do that with fucking um the athletics like how it works with the athletics makes sense like it's not, there's no emotional invest. I mean, there is an emotional investment, but like you don't have New York fans. We're psychotic and we add into a factor of the energy that is given to those, those boys on that field. And if we're not with you, best believe you guys are definitely not going to be playing well because mm -hmm. we're going to boo the shit out of you. We're going to be like, wait, I'm in my home. I'm supposed to be getting cheered. Well, no, I'm fucking terrible. And all of my fans hate me. And they're going to let me know. And it messes up their mentality. So I think that uh, a lot of things aren't being put into perspective when it comes to this team and how they need to be taken care of. And I, I burning back to the beginning, I just find it funny that Judge is the one that called the meeting. And like he's trying to take on that role of being like the, the leader of the clubhouse. But I'm like, dude, you just seem like you're, let me get laid by this drunk girlfriend of mine and then call it a day like I don't see him being a leader I see Garrett Cole being more of a leader than anything else and Gary Sanchez 
is the worst thing to happen to our catching. Personal oh, opinion. I think he's an egotistical piece of shit. I wish you didn't just say that. <laughs> I think he's an egotistical who is all in it for himself. And yeah, his bat has come to life, but he's never, I don't know. I've never been a fan of him behind the plate. He's doing, like, I don't know what's gone on this last month. I'm, I'm not upset with it in any way, but I think that the, he has a lot more to prove to me over since of the course of the last two years of his shit. So um, I don't, I don't just forget, forgive and forget. Fair. Still no, haven't forgiven yet. That's fair. I mean, and the, the defense obviously is a problem. It has been better as of late, but still yeah. not what you compare. And that's just, that kind of falls to where you want your catching coming from. I think it personally that the woes that he has defensively are worth it if the bat is more consistent because i mean this is the guy that was the fastest the youngest player and the fastest to get to 100 home runs in american league history like he, well, he what he has as a bat is special but if he's giving up runners putting them in scoring position because he can't get the ball in front of him you're right that's a different story you're also screwing us up. your bat can't make up for your lack of being able to catch it, yeah. it's just never going to work that it's it's not personal opinion because if you're not if you're not catching the ball well, you're you're the and say you're the only one that's all alive that day, yeah. you're not gonna save us. Yeah. And right now, he actually is the only one that's slightly been alive. And Gio Urshela, like the two of them, uh, Gio's the only one that's been consistent on both ends of the ball. Exactly. Both ends, and love that guy so much. Even DJ isn't like full par of yeah. what we expect him to be. Like this season has been so weird. And then we got the sticky stuff situation, which is why Garrett Cole is trash right now. Exactly, like, where I was going to bring this next. Oh, I got you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect segue. There we go. So, but do you, do you agree on that? Like, I'm going to just ask you a question. Do you think that that is why Garrett Cole isn't doing well right now? Is the fact that it's like no more sticky stuff? Oh, absolutely. And I, so that's kind of been, I've, I've taken over this podcast now. This is my third week on. And it's basically like right in the heat of the sticky stuff being taken away. So it's kind of all I talked about. So the guy in Seattle took off his pants. Just like checking. Shout out Sergio Romo. But um, (laughs) it's just, yes, him and Chapman, I was going to say, one of my questions were going to be if Chapman to lose the closing role, which he should for a while, but that's just, it's a league-wide problem. It's not just the Yankees, but of course, one of the most we, paid we players had of all special time. treatment okay exactly and mariano rivera we don't understand this <laughs> we've never gone exactly yes we were and that's blessed George party now is down in philly trying to work with a bullpen even though he was praised for his use of a bullpen when he had the greatest closer of all time makes it a little bit easier but yeah. besides the point to answer your question in a way wordy answer yes it obviously is he's had since since the allegations started basically or the first time that it was rumored that it would happen all of his pitches are an average 300 rpms down in spin and he just can't locate the ball everything that he's seen like it has been the problems that you see usually when he's at pitch 90 to 100 in his game where he's just getting the fatigue and losing his control now it's at the beginning of starts i mean his first batter that he faced i believe it was in the blue jays series deposits it over left field wall i mean it just it's a scary thing because majority of the pitchers that utilized it were either at the end of their careers not getting paid as much this is one of the highest paid players in all of baseball we're worried about yep. stanton right now kind of handcuffing us contract wise because he can be is, he can only be a dh now cole is mm-hmm. going to be to the next level if he can't figure it out and it's going to be tough to do yeah the other thing that i find interesting is a lot of people are putting the blame on his personal catcher and i'm like no that has nothing to do with it piggy is a fantastic catcher a fantastic catcher calls a great game, but if your pitcher isn't pitching correctly, it's not going to work. Whether you put Gary Sanchez behind the plate or not, it's not going to work. So like that whole personal, like people, like I've been watching a lot of stuff on the internet and a lot of like, you know, Yankee fans coming out being like personal catcher, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not that yes. it's the fact that Garrett Cole can no longer use sticky stuff. But here's the thing. There's a lot of that going around with pitching because not every single ball is the same. And they can't grip every single ball the same. So MLB needs to figure out a way. So that way all of the balls are treated the same, taken care of the same way. And there's always that consistency. So that way these pitchers aren't like 
screwing up as much. This is why that they they use that and to begin with. It was more, it was, yeah, of course it helped their accuracy and stuff like that. Right. But it also protected batters on not getting hit in the head. Like there, there's other parts to that. Like they couldn't always utilize it to the point of like helping them out too much, but I think I don't know. I, I think I think there's a huge problem in that situation that needs more investigating in a factor of the balls need to be taken care of the same way every stadium every day period end of story so that way all of these pitchers because all of them have been saying the same thing they're like well then every time I pick up a ball it should have the same consistency and it doesn't That's so if cool. you're having every pitcher say that there's a problem you're right MLB, MLB royally screwed this up because they decide to and like for example going back to like what you said about DJ LeMay he really not having Clint Frazier is the same way where yeah. Now we're not sure what type of player they are because last year with the turbo balls, they were, I mean, Clint Frazier had one of his better seasons. DJ LeMay, who basically got his contract because of these last two years. And just even just like the simplicity of like rubbing the balls down after they are put in play, like just the simple stuff, there's just no consistency. And it's, it's a full league-wide problem. And it seems to be affecting teams like the Yankees, the Minnesota Twins were another team supposed to be at the top, the upper echelon of, major league baseball and said they're in dead last in their division teams are certainly affected more than the others and it's just i have no clue what's going to come from it but it's definitely going to be an interesting second half of the year for sure it definitely is i think um mlb is at least i hope i I don't think i scratch that i hope mlb is realizing the errors in their ways of fucking with the game to produce more runs or to produce this, yeah. just to make the, the leave the game alone. It's a great game. It's the greatest personal opinion. It is the greatest game in the world. Leave it alone. Stop yeah. screwing with the balls. Stop screwing with the batters. Stop screwing with this. Stop taking away this. Stop screwing up the game and adding a man on second and extra. Stop making it seven inning doubleheaders. Leave the game as it is. We're not playing little league. We're playing major league baseball. Like this is an ongoing problem that I think Manfred needs to be removed. All of the owners need to remove him. And somebody who actually loves the game needs to go in. I wish. The only problem is the owners are protecting him because they think the same way. They're trying to it's a it's 31 people it's not just Manfred even a Manfred the one he hasn't made it better on himself the guy can't speak in public and get his message across so it's it's you're right which is really funny because they hired him to do better with the media yeah like you were hired because you were supposed to fix the media problems that they were having yet you just made it worse you also wanted to shorten the game yet when since Manfred's become commissioner the average baseball game has gone up a minute and a half yeah yeah you're failing at your job (sighs) i work in minor leagues where we enforce the pitch clock basically supposed to enforce the pitch clock nobody actually does it the umpires wave it off every time i don't think i've had a game under three hours this season and and that's included i've been a part of two no hitters like it's just the game itself is just it's it they apply to the new fans trying to get new fans which every sport does i want to see the game grow but that's it's not changing the game all that does is piss off the fans like you and i that are still here for it that are going to watch regardless and just complain on a podcast about it right but that's what they they think about us is Mm -hmm. uh, they'll watch it anyways and just complain about it and but they'll continue and then we'll get these guys to come in and i'm like how about you make us happy and we'll teach them because isn't that like you guys don't know how to do the media or take care of the fans or show the game highlights like nba does like if Blackout Ron James fucking hits a three pointer, you see it in two seconds on Twitter. Mm-hmm. However, if Aaron Judge hits a home run, scratch your Aaron Judge. If Mike Trout hits a home run, yeah. I can't see it till the next day. Yeah. Why? Make it easy for us all to see that shit. Mm-hmm. To share it. To to do anything that we can do to promote the game. Like they make it hard for other people to promote the game. And I understand they make money and da 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 da. But don't you want to grow the fan base? We're going to do that, not you. That would have been the investment. You're right. And they are getting nothing but free. Thankfully, they've become a little bit less. I remember back years ago when I was making YouTube videos and whatnot, I, they would just take down my stuff, even though I'm for free, just on my own time, 
trying to promote their game, trying to yeah. give them free labor, essentially. And thankfully, they they have become a little bit nicer with it and allowed more of it. But you're you're right. It's just thankfully this has actually turned more into an MLB franchise <laughs> as opposed to the Yankees. I just realized, but. You're, well, it's because so everything sucks lately. Exactly. It's like from from the start to this, like the Yankees, I can't. For Gio Urshela, I love that man, and Jonathan Loisiga, like those are the only two that I can freaking stand at this yes. point. Otherwise, I'm like, all right, all you are trash. Go home. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, we okay. can win this game with two people, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with those two, Gio Urshela's range and Loisiga can throw 100 pitches. We're set. Yeah. <laughs> so Perfect. I'll finish up with one last question. We're talking about everything that's gone bad so far. If things were to go right for this Yankees team, it's we're officially past the halfway point. Magically win ten in a row. Well, that's that's my question. Would you would you rather see this team put on a playoff push, get that second wild card, and throw what they have out there? Would you want to see them percent, potentially make a trade for center field? I know they just got Tim Locastro, but he's not the long term fix. Obviously, would you no, want to see no. them buy in for this year and try and still win it? Or are you just completely set, just wrap it up, trade away what assets you can get, and let's worry about next season. Let's reload. What would you rather see? I don't think Cashman has it in him, to be quite honest, for either portion of it. Yeah. But I have zero faith. Mm -hmm. Zero faith. I have so much hope, but I have zero faith. Mm -hmm. Like, I do not – I just – I don't, it's like Pandora's box has literally been unleashed and like all that's left at the bottom is hope. It's all I have left. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I, I hope that they can just get it going, light a fire up on them, get to the playoffs. But at the same time, I'm like, wrap it the fuck up. I'm done with all of you. Y'all suck. I'm done. Get rid of Boone. Let Cashman do what he wants to do. Yeah. Or get rid of him and find somebody who's going to tell you we're doing this, deal with it, or I quit. Because that's also something else. Like somebody needs to stay. Like I'm a person who I don't care if I get fired. I will stand up to whoever I need to if I think that they're doing what is wrong. So if I was Cashman, I'd literally look at Hal and be like, I'm sorry, do you want another ring? Do you want your father's legacy to continue? Yes or no? Let me do my job or continue to watch your father's legacy fall into the ground. And I'd say it just like that. And I, somebody needs to do it. I mean, I know the internet is doing it for, <laughs> for him, yeah. but he doesn't listen to the internet. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't even care about baseball. So why the hell is he going to care about what we say? He should let somebody else run the team, let Cashman run the team take care of everything that he needs to do, buy whatever he needs to buy. He'll take, he'll make sure that, you know, the numbers work out correctly because if they don't, it comes out of his salary too. So I, I, I think, I think Hal just needs to be slapped across the face. That's, that's my, that's my hope for this rest of the season. So that's, that's a pretty good take I like to hear. Would you rather see a trade or not? You'd rather see a slap in the face. I think that's yeah. that's perfectly put. I don't don't really <laughs> care. Like I don't think any trade is going to help us at this point. I, I think I just slapping hat in the face is going to be what helps us. It's a full-blown lack of accountability from top to bottom. You hit the head yeah. on the nail. Like we said at the top, not a ton of Yankees fun to watch right now. If you are a Yankees fan, if you're not, that might be fun because everyone hates the Yankees, but you want something entailing the Yankees that's entertaining go to Danny dugouts Danny you were great thank you so much you're welcome on anytime thanks for having me you've been listening to across the pond MLB podcast please follow rate and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes so just wanted to say thank you again to Danny for taking some time out of her busy, busy schedule to come sit down and chat a little bit of Yankees baseball with me. Definitely felt good to get off my chest, at least. I hope the same for her. And that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. Before we go, however, on the day of recording this, we officially get the full rosters for the All-Star game. Now, most of them are not going to stay the same as there's going to be a couple of changes for injuries and whatnot, but let's give a look at who is at going to be representing their league 
starting with the starters for the American League. Catching will be Salvador Perez, first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Marcus Simeon. They get the full Toronto right side of the infield at second base. Then on the left side, it's also going to stay in the AL East as third base is Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts at short. Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Teoscar Hernandez take out the take in the outfield, I should say. Mike Trout won't be there, unfortunately, still recovering from an injury, but deserving of all those votes. And Shohei Otani, of course, is going to be put in. He will be the designated hitter, but he's also going to pitch, I've heard. And then the reserves will be Mike Zanino, Jose Altuve, Bo Bichette, Carlos Correa, Matt Olson, Jose Ramirez, Jared Walsh, Michael Brantley, Joey Gallo, Adelise Garcia, Cedric Mullins, J.D. Martinez, and Nelson Cruz, the 41-year-old. Starting pitchers will be Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, Nathan Avaldi, Kyle Gibson, Yusei Kukuchi, Lance Lynn, and Carlos Rodon. And the relievers are Matt Barnes, our oldest Chapman, Leon Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto. Now we go over to the National League. Start with the starting lineup. Buster Posey gets a start at catcher. Freddie Freeman, the first baseman. Adam Frazier, second base. Nolan Arenado, third base. Fernando Tatis, shortstop. In the outfield will be Ronald Acuna, Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati duo will be playing together for an extra game this year. And the reserves are JT Realmuto, Ozzy Albies, Chris Bryant, Brandon Crawford, Jake Cronenworth, Eduardo Escobar, Max Muncy, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and Chris Taylor. Starting pitcher is going to be Corbin Burns, followed by Hugh Darvish, Jacob deGrom, Kevin Gossman, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers, Zach Wheeler, and Brandon Woodruff. Excuse me. This is in alphabetical order. Burns is not going to be starting over deGrom. I almost swallowed my saliva there. And in the bullpen will be Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell, Mark Melanson, and Alex Reyes. So those are the official. I still am always going to be skeptical because the fact that it is fan voting for something that the Hall of Fame voters or the Team of the Year voters take into legitimate consideration because there were some mistakes at the beginning, but I like how it really came well-rounded. I mean, I was talking about it earlier. Cedric Mullins deserves to be an all-star. He deserves to be an all-star starter, and he's just somebody that, unfortunately, a rebuilding Baltimore team is not going to get as, as much publicity around him as he deserves. But thankfully, he will still get the all-star ballot next to his baseball reference. And we will be seeing him in cores alongside plenty of other talented players. It should be fun. This is the last week of games before we get to that all-star break. And then that's when the ball starts rolling for the MLB season. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of teams throughout this last week will decide what they're going to do for the long picture. Are they going to sell? Are they going to buy? It's going to be a lot of interesting conversations that we'll have next week. And a little bit of a teaser. We will be... Definitely diving into that with somebody special, so make sure to like and subscribe and listen to us over then. I appreciate you guys for listening through to this point and for showing the support. And that is going to do it for week three of me hosting Across the Pond MLB Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great night. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.